Hello and welcome to the July 19th, 2009 edition of Take Him With You. I'm Rick Moyer. This week we talk about taking more pictures, my farm town video going big, and more. Yes, we're going to be talking about all sorts of fun things today. Thank you for downloading and listening. We're talking about Nathan's new college. Andrew got a new car. Uh, I got some cool geeky Bluetooth stereo headphones I have to talk about. Plus, today we're going to talk about Murphy's Law Revisited. Is it possible to make a turnaround in life to where things start going good instead of bad? Stay tuned. Greetings, guildies. I'm Kenny. And I'm Jenny. After listening to Take Him With You... Why don't you tune in to Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the web series, The Guild. Each month, we'll bring you the latest news about the Guild cast, including what projects they're working on and what conventions they'll be attending. Also, we'll be updating you on the current season. We'll talk about some behind-the-scenes fun of Season 2, as well as having cast, crew, and fan interviews. So head over to iTunes and subscribe to Knights of the Guild. Or go to our website for a direct download at knightsoftheguild.podbean.com. Zaboo! A brand new episode (laughs) is out of Knights of the Guild uh, podcast. You're going to want to check that out. Brand new. Okay, I think it's time to talk about what's going on at Rick's house. Well, as always, it's been busy around the Moyer household. We've been going uh, 100 miles an hour, and that's just how it works. Uh, I think when you have three kids, you know, all teenagers in a smaller house, and we've got, you know, Amy works from home uh, almost full time, and and I work here too, and it just gets crazy. I'm telling you, it gets crazy. So I find things. Sorry about the microphone noise. Just a minute. (laughs) There we go. Anyway, it gets a little crazy, but we have a good time. You have to. Say, I have to say that there's never really a dull moment going on at our house. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Watch that new show, Warehouse 13. I liked it. I, have you guys seen that yet? It's on the Sci-Fi S Y F Y, the old Sci-Fi name change. Anyway, I watched Warehouse 13 and thought I liked the premiere. I thought it was pretty cool, and I'm looking forward to the series. So we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, it'll be really cool and continue on in some cool plot lines and some uh, cool special effects and all that jazz. I really like it because the one of the main actors is the guy that played in the Star Trek episode called The Most Toys on The Next Generation. And uh, he played uh, Kivas Fajo. Yeah, I can't remember his name now. I should know his name off the top of my head, but I don't. Anyway, he plays one of the guys that takes care of the warehouse. And I just, I really like him. I think he's a cool actor. So if you haven't got a chance to watch Warehouse 13, from one sci-fi geek to another, try it out. It's pretty cool. I've been taking more pictures lately, having a great time. Got to take a, a picture or a photo shoot of a family the other day. Got a couple more lined up for the next couple of weeks, and I'm really enjoying that. If you'd like to take a look at some of the photography that I've been doing, you can go over to our multimedia site at moyermultimedia.com. Just click on the images or the photo gallery, and got lots of cool pictures up there. Thanks again to 
my friend Rico over at Rad Visions. He helped me make the website. He's got some great templates, and I, I filled in the information, and he kind of set it up for me to be able to do that online. It's pretty cool. And if you need a good website done, he's really excellent at it. You can check him out at radvisions.com or over at treksensci-fi.com and check out some of the stuff that he does. He's really helped me a lot. But you can see all my pictures, and he's set up a really cool picture gallery for me so I can upload new pictures every week, and it's really cool. So go take a look at it over at www.moyermultimedia.com. All one word, moyermultimedia.com. Take a look at the video that Nathan and I did too. I think you'll enjoy that. kind of explains the, what I do for my business, and maybe you or a friend can benefit from that. And, uh, yeah, we'd love to help you out. Well, let's see. Oh, this is kind of funny. You know, I've been doing um, different videos on YouTube just to get people to come over and listen to this program, you know, to either click on Listen Now or download on iTunes. And, you know, it really, really works very well. YouTube's very popular with a lot of people, and you put something on there and people really enjoy it. Well, I did a little segment. Remember, I don't know, it was a few weeks ago, probably a month ago or so, I did a segment on um, being addicted to Farmtown on Facebook. Well, I put that up on YouTube, and I've gotten, well, now, you know, in a month's time, I've gotten like 1,200 hits. <laughs> 1,200 people have watched that, and, and, you know, 25 comments, and it's pretty funny. For me, that's viral. You know, for some people, millions of hits would be viral, but for me, I'm just Rick, you know. So it's kind of cool uh, to see so many people coming over and watching that, and, of course, they get uh, it advertises take him with you on there. So hopefully they're coming and listening to the program. So if you're here from uh, watching that video, welcome. I hope you enjoy the podcast. It's really fun to do, and we're having a great time. And, yes, my farm town now is much better looking if you go look at it now. I've learned how to do a lot more things and plow and harvest and do all these cool things. I even have a house now. And those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, just uh, forget I ever talked about it. But those of you that do know farm town, you know. It's exciting. I've got a home, a woodshed. Yeah. Got a, a, a little windmill and a dog and a cat and all that kind of stuff and lots of crops to harvest. Kind of lame. I know. I can't help it. But anyway, you got to check out my Farm Town video uh, on YouTube. And you go to youtube.com slash rickmoyer777. That's youtube.com slash moyer, or excuse me, Rick Moyer. 777. You'll find my videos on there. I think one of the reasons that a lot of people are clicking on it is because on Google, if you type in addicted to Farmtown, I'm on the first page of the searches. So I guess somehow it got on there and that's why I'm getting all those hits. So it's kind of fun. Let's see some other things going on. Oh, Nathan was accepted into his college. My oldest son, Nathan, who is 19, almost 20, uh, got accepted into George Fox University down in Cal- or California, in Oregon. And he's going to be working on his uh, Bachelor of Arts in film. And I'm pretty excited about that. He uh, went down there with his girlfriend, and they reg- he registered for classes and had a good time getting everything ready to go and got to tour the film department. And he's pretty pumped about it. And you all can pray for him because he's got a lot of change coming up and a lot of good things going on for him. But I'm very excited for him. He is a very talented um videographer is that how you say it and an editor and all that jazz in fact you should go check out some of his stuff he he does some pretty amazing uh videos already just on the pc that he's working on now he's going to be working with uh, final cut pro and a bunch of other you know stuff down at the college and i'm sure that he'll do great on that 
But uh, let me tell you where he... Let me just go over to his channel, and you can go check out his U YouTube channel because it's really cool. Let me see. Uh, 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 YouTube.com slash Rick. I know that I put him on my favorites channel, but I can't remember what it is. So let me go over there. Okay, there I am. Okay, let me see. Where is my son's... He's not a subscriber, of course. Oh, there it is. Okay, it's YouTube dot com slash Nathan Moyer. <laughs> that was easy. My particularly favorite video that he's done is probably Ola Cola. Um, I really like. Um, he does one that's just really, really cool that I really liked. He did a lot of special effects on it uh, called Drop. Check out the video called Drop that Nathan did on on YouTube. I think you'd really enjoy it. Very cool, cool music and cool little. I don't know if there's a real much of a plot to it, but it's kind of fun to watch some of the cool special effects they did with it. But cool cinematography, my son. So yeah, it's gonna be weird with him going to college. You've got one less person in the house, and and he's growing up. Oh, gosh, I don't even know how to feel about it. It's like one minute I'm really excited, and then the next minute I'm really sad because I'll miss him. So. Who knows? I guess that's just part of being a dad and watching your kids grow up and go to college and get married and all that jazz. So, yeah. Congratulations, Nathan, on your new college. Hope you have a great time. Everybody be praying for him. I'm sure we'll get some updates here and now and again and all that jazz, and I'll let you know how he's doing. Oh, on the other front here at the home, you know, my son Andrew has been borrowing my truck. And... uh that, you know, working at home now, I don't need my truck as much, but it is kind of nice to be able to drive around when I want to. Anyway, he finally um, found a vehicle, so we went and test drove it, and it looks like he's going to be driving a car very shortly, a real nice one, got a real good deal on it. So he's all excited, and so now our driveway, of course now with Nathan leaving, I guess it'll it'll be the same amount of cars, but I thought it was going to be looking like a used car place. For some reason, we get red cars. All of us have red cars until Nathan broke the trend with his newer car got a black one andrew is buying a red car so go figure we're gonna have all red cars in the driveway pretty soon again and that's just how it works so he's pretty excited and again you know growing up my goodness kids get uh they grow up and they go on and they do different things oh i did want to talk about something really fun that i um got um i'm just okay i'm a geekaholic i i have to admit it i love geeky gadgets and different things our pastor the other day was talking about simplifying our life or or decluttering our life and you know i've got lots of clutter around the house just because i have a bunch of offices that i moved into my front room and i just need to go through all the stuff but he was referring to you know decluttering our own lives and one of my friends scott on facebook said uh all right, does that mean you're going to get rid of, rid of some of your gadgets? And I said, no, are you kidding? Gadgets organize me. Now, this gadget in particular does not organize me, but it was a really good sale. I was uh, I got these emails from different computer places, and they were having a, a closeout at buy.com. I really like buy.com, B-U-Y.com. And I uh, found these Bluetooth stereo headphones for you know that were like normally 170 bucks marked down to like 30 something and uh i just i just went ahead and got them because i found out that my ipod touch and the iphone and the ipod touch uh second generation have bluetooth on them so you can get a wireless headset and listen to your ipod wirelessly that's really cool 
So I did. I ordered it, got it here. I was a little intimidated by it because sometimes um, pairing devices gets a little goofy. I mean, I do it, but sometimes it gets a mess and I don't want to hassle with it. Well, anyway, I had a free moment. So I took them out. They're little Plantronic ones. Really cool. Uh, got it all charged up and got ready and then went to go ahead and pair it with my iPod. Right out of the box, it worked great. It found the iPod. The iPod found it. Uh, it was very happy together, and I began to use it. Here are the pros and the cons of using a Bluetooth headset, a stereo one. Um, the pros are that there are no wires other than the wire that goes from the right ear to the left ear, and you can put that behind your back so you don't really sense that. It's 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 pretty cool. Um, let me see. Other pro. Um, I don't know. It's It's cool. <laughs> Okay, the cons. The cons are it doesn't get as loud as I like it, but then that's probably good for my ears. I, you know, I like earphones that just blow your head off, and that's probably not good for me. It, it's not, it's not bad sound. I think the the one that I have is decent sounding, nice bass response, but uh, you can't turn it up too loud. The other, the other thing I don't like about it using it with the iPod Touch is the volume is only on the headset, so I cannot control the volume of the iPod from the iPod itself. I have to use the headset. Now that I don't like very much. I understand the concept because you can put your iPod away in your pocket somewhere or in your coat or something and then you could just control it from your earphone. I don't like that as much because I don't like fiddling with the with the earphone. I'm used to using everything on the iPod so I have to get used to that. The other drawback that I find with it is that it loves to pair with my phone. So they're tr they're combating against each other. I, I, at first, I thought there was a connection problem with the um, with the stereo thing cutting in and out. But what I found later, I didn't look at both devices at the same time. The phone was asking, "Do you want to pair the Bluetooth with the phone?" And so it was interrupting the signal. It wasn't um, it wasn't not functioning. It was actually working, but it was sensing some other Bluetooth device. So I had to make sure to tell the phone I didn't want to use that at this point. What I'm trying to figure out now is can I, with this headset, have the phone and the iPod on it at the same time and, and have them not be in conflict? haven't figured that out yet. I'm going to have to read some more about it. That would be really cool. Anyway, great little gadget. I really like it because uh, I don't know how many earphones I've gone through because I've cut the cord or I've, I've tripped over something or it got stuck on something and ripped it out of my ear and broke, broke the $30 headphones. So now I've got a pair of headphones that doesn't have any wires, and I'm liking it. You just have to keep it charged up. The other drawback, there are a few drawbacks from it, it drains the battery of the iPod very quickly. I've noticed that uh, I can go on a charge on my iPod last two, three days. I listen to it a lot uh, with a wired headphone, but with the with Bluetooth, I have to charge it every day because uh, it sucks the battery life out really fast. So apparently there's a lot of juice that goes through it when you're paired up wirelessly. So there you go. That's my geeky review of my Plantronics stereo Bluetooth headphones that I got on a major, like, what, one quarter of the price that they usually are? So that was cool. I got a great deal. I just can't pass up those geeky little deals. I don't know what's wrong with me. I know I'm a geekaholic. I'm a geekaholic. Hello, Rick. My name is Rick. I'm a geekaholic. And I'm, I don't want to get better. <laughs> is that bad? Okay, well, anyway, uh, we'll be right back and uh, announce the uh, contest winner of our first ever Take Him With You contest. <laughs> the Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. 
sci-fi entertainment news and commentary. I am Locutus, a Borg. Star Trek episode analysis. Captain of the USS Enterprise. Pokey religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews. I am to misbehave. The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host Rico at treksinsci-fi.com. Yeah, Rico is so cool. I really, really um, appreciate him. Uh, listen to his podcast. First podcast I ever listened to and really have enjoyed it over the years. It's treksinsci-fi.com. Listen every week. I enjoy it. Okay, let's talk about the contest. We had our first ever Take Him With You contest. I've been uh, using the book In Pursuit of Happiness, Choices That Can Change Your Life by Frank Minnerth, MD, and have really enjoyed the book. And I went ahead and ordered an extra couple copies of it and said, I'll give it away on the program because I think some people would really, really enjoy it. And uh, did the contest, and we have a winner, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I don't do audience screaming very well. Anyway, I just want to say congratulations to Marco. Marco, you are the very first winner on Take Him With You's contest. And this is what Marco's entry was. He had to You had to write in and in the subject line say, I'm happy, and then make a comment about the show. Here's what Marco said. He said, Take Him With You is an uplifting podcast that I look forward to every week. And these times when there's only bad news, Take Him With You is refreshing, Marco. So, Marco, thank you so much. Uh, your name was drawn out, and you are the winner of In Pursuit of Happiness, Choices That Can Change Your Life by Frank Minnerth, MD. I apologize. I was going to give away two of these, and uh, my second book never came. So as soon as the second book arrives, because I don't want to like give something out I don't have, as soon as the second book arrives, I'll devise some other way, and maybe I'll just pull another name out and, and give that to whoever is next. But just wanted to let you know, I, I did receive one, and, and we're giving it away. So, Marco, I've got your information. This will be off in the mail to you this week, and I hope you enjoy the book In Pursuit of Happiness. Congratulations, Marco, you contest winner you. I think if she watched Empire, she would want to watch Jedi. The way that Lucas planned it... Um Star Wars A New Hope was supposed to be able to stand on its own mm -hmm. and so it does have a conclusion that's why we you know, chose it's not like watching Fellowship yeah. of the Ring where you're like oh I just sat here for three hours yeah. and this stupid <laughs> story just started <laughs> it's not stupid I know I know of course it's not stupid I love it <laughs> I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And when you're not listening to this glorious podcast, we would love to have you listen to ours, the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com. <laughs> ah, the Anomaly Ladies. Very cool ladies that uh, love sci-fi and geekiness, cool things, and they're just great to listen to. Their program really gives you a great perspective on things, and I really recommend it. Check them out at 
the or anomalypodcast.com. They have cool stuff on their website. Plus, their show is great on iTunes. So download, check it out. Okay, let's see. Oh, you know, uh, I was listening to a couple of other podcasts the other day that uh, were kind of spiritual podcasts, and I I got to thinking, you know, some I get turned off when people, like, ask for money. You have to understand that I've been involved in church for a long time, and I've, I've been in meetings where they would shut the doors and lock them before you give them an offering. <laughs> you, know, you give them an offering, they let you out. But So I've seen abuse, you know. I've seen, <laughs> seen a lot of things, so I do get kind of weary when people ask for money. Uh, but, you know, the, on the flip side of things, it does cost money to do the podcast. It costs money to do the newsletter. Um, it costs money for us to live, and we're kind of doing an experiment. I mean, Amy went back to work after, you know, 22 years of being married. Uh, she worked when we first were married uh, until we had kids, and then she worked really hard because we had kids. She stayed home with kids and, and has been an awesome mom and a wonderful partner in life. Uh, but when we uh, resigned from the church and started doing the podcast, uh, we quickly realized that um, unless we had some other supplement coming in, you know, it was going to be hard to make ends meet. So we launched the webcast or the, the webcast, the website, and we started doing the this program, uh, Take Him With You. And, you know, I've been really upfront with everybody. We're not here to get rich. That's not our goal. Our goal is simply to make a living being able to encourage people. I really feel like that's the call of my life. That's the reason for my existence and my wife. We, we feel like we're supposed to be encouraging people on a daily basis. And I remember when, um, when I resigned my—I uh, was a pastor at a church, and uh, I resigned. Uh, we, we went on a break, and then when we came back, they offered us a different position, and we didn't feel like that's what we were supposed to do. And, and during that time, I really felt strongly that I was supposed to do something on the Internet like this. I was supposed to reach out to a bigger audience of people. Instead of just reaching a couple of hundred people on a weekly basis, live and in person, I really felt strongly that I was supposed to reach a bigger audience, and certainly has happened. I mean, we started off, and in what we're in our, our seventh month now. This is program, I think, number twenty-five, and we now have you know hundreds of listeners every week. Um, I think last week's program was downloaded like six hundred sometimes, and. So, it, you know, it, it keeps going up and people start are listening from all around the world. And I'm doing this because I want to encourage you. Well, obviously, um, you know, I'm, I'm also doing the multimedia business, but we don't have a huge amount of business. So we're really asking for people to come alongside of us and help us. If you believe in the vision that we have as far as reaching out and encouraging people on a weekly basis, maybe you could take a little bit of your um, income and help us with it. Uh, and I, by that, I mean, you know, if someone gives five, ten dollars, that actually helps. You know, if everybody that listened to the program gave, you know, ten or twenty bucks every month, we'd have more than enough to pay the groceries and, you know, and uh, pay our car insurance and, you know, live uh, decently and be fine encouraging people. So, uh, you know, I'm just suggesting that if, if this program means anything to you, we have a few people that, that help us on a monthly basis. Some families give way more than, than twenty dollars. And then... Uh, we have a few people that give twenty or thirty dollars a month, and that really helps us out quite a bit. So if you uh, if you feel led to, you know, I'm not trying to beg or plead or freak out, um, but I am just saying, hey, if you think this is something good and you think the world needs some more encouragement and you want to help us, it would be awesome. We can con- continue to do this on a regular basis. So there you go. If you want to help, you can always uh, write to me, Rick at takehimwithyou.com. Rick at takehimwithyou.com. You want to sponsor a show? 
you know, you could. I'll talk to you about how much it would cost to sponsor a show, and I'll put, an, you know, something on there and tell everybody, you know, whatever you're promoting or whatever you're doing, I certainly would uh, be willing to uh, talk to you about that. Or if you just want to silently come alongside and help us reach out to people all around the world, then you're more than welcome to do that. You go to takehimwithyou.com, click on the Donate button. It takes you to PayPal. You pay that way. Or you can just uh, write a check and send it to us at our home. Uh, we are a business. Uh, it's not tax deductible. We're not a ministry. I mean, even though we are, per se, uh, we're doing this business-wise for a lot of different reasons. Part of it is I just want to be upfront about it, and I don't want to jump through hoops, and I don't want to you know, pull the wool over anybody's eyes. You know, We're a business. We're trying to encourage people through our business. So you can always send a check to our house, uh, our studio here uh, at uh, Rick and Amy Moyer. Take him with you at 911-911 Chico Lane in Aberdeen, Washington 98520. That's 911 Chico Lane, Aberdeen, Washington 98520. Okay, enough about money. If you can help out, that would be very, very appreciated. How cool is this podcast? That means that you excellent people who are listening to this cool podcast are even more cooler. How cool is that? So once you've finished listening to this podcast, why don't you come over to our podcast and give us a go? We're called Waffle On. You can find us on iTunes. Simply type in Waffle On or go to our webpage and you'll find us at http colon forward slash forward slash waffleon.podbean.com. We do TV. We talk about classic TV from 1960 to 1990. You'll find everything here from sci-fi to comedy, from drama to thriller. Come and check us out. We're called Waffle On. Meds is such a great guy, lives in the UK, and he just did a mini waffle episode, which I thought was really fun. They just, I think they just got the Doctor Who episode up, so you'll have to check it out at, at uh, waffleon.podbean.com. They do such a great job, him and Kel. This just awesome job. But uh, anyway, he just did a, a, a little uh, mini waffle episode and mentioned Take Him With You on there. So thanks, Meds. That's really cool. We kind of you know, put each other's promos on each other's shows so we can reach a wider audience. It's, it's very fun. And, and uh, Meds, you are very encouraging. It really helps. Uh, he sent in some comments before and just, you know, been very encouraging about the program. So thank you, Meds. You the man. Well, it's time once again for Words of Wisdom on Take Him With You. Well, this week we are in 1 Timothy chapter 4 of the New Testament in the Message Bible. Verse 1 says, the Spirit makes it clear that as time goes on, some are going to give up on the faith and chase after demonic illusions put forth by professional liars. These liars have lied so well and for so long that they've lost their capacity for truth. They'll tell you not to get married. They'll tell you not to eat this or that food. Perfectly good food God created to be eaten heartily and with thanksgiving by believers who know better. Everything God created is good and to be received with thanks. Nothing is to be sneered at or thrown out. God's word and our prayers make every item in creation holy. You've been raised on the message of faith and have followed sound teaching. Now pass on this counsel to the followers of Jesus there and you'll be good servant of Jesus. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion. Exercise daily in God. No spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, 
But a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. You can count on this. Take it to heart. That is why we've thrown ourselves into this venture so totally. We're banking on the living God, Savior of all men and women, especially believers. Get the word out. Teach all these things and don't let anyone put you down because you're young. Teach believers with your life by word, by demeanor, by love, by faith, by integrity. Stay at your post reading scripture, giving counsel, teaching, and that special gift of ministry you were given when the leaders of the church laid hands on you and prayed. Keep that dusted off and in use. Cultivate these things. Immerse yourself in them. The people will all see you mature right before their eyes. Keep a firm grasp on both your character and your teaching. Don't be diverted. Just keep at it. Both you and those you hear will experience salvation. And that's your words of wisdom out of 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1-16 through 16, right here on Take Him With You. Hey, by the way, don't forget to join us on Wednesdays. I put out a program. You can download it every Wednesday from Take Him With You called the Midweek Booster. This uh, week we are going through Philippians chapter 3. Been going through the book of Philippians. We got done with James and now we're going into Philippians and uh, we're having a great time. So stay tuned for that and uh, download it and take a listen and let me know what you think. Well, it's time once again for Food for Thought on Take Him With You. This program uh, today is called Murphy's Law Revisited. <laughs> and the reason I, I called it that, because basically the whole series I'm going to be doing here now in, in the next uh, two or three weeks is going to be called um, Down for the Count? Question mark. Down for the Count? I guess I should have worded it that way. And the reason for it is I'm going to tell you a little story about Amy and I's life. And uh, we were involved in a church years ago that uh, had a severe problem happened, and we were pretty much devastated, but we came back, and I want to talk about how things turned around and changed and some of the steps that we did to get out of a real rough situation, because it seemed like whatever we put our hand to for a certain period of time just kept getting in trouble and getting messed up, and I don't know if you've ever been at that spot in your life where you just, it just seems like even with good intentions, things just don't work out right, and it's just like frustrating after a while. And it seems like anything that can go wrong does go wrong. I don't know if you've ever been there in your life before. I certainly have. We've gone through seasons where I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? And how am I ever going to get out of this? And it just doesn't seem to ever get better. And I'm here to say that, uh, you know, perspective is everything. And it really changes a lot of things. So I hope it's okay if I share with you a story that happened to us. I'm not doing this to get you to feel sorry for me, and I, I don't. that's not the reason for it. I do think, though, that there's a lot of people out there that might be able to relate. If you've ever had a boss or a pastor or a tr- somebody you trusted that has let you down or, ha- or you've gone through a devastating situation where you thought somebody was one thing and they turned out not to be that, and then you're left with all the emotional um, hurt from that, This is the podcast you want to listen to. Uh, For the next three weeks, I think you will get a lot out of this. And I'm actually wanting to write a book about all of uh, of our experiences and how 
we have had to really trust God to get out of some of the thoughts that we had and to recover from some fairly devastating circumstances that we didn't cause ourselves. Now, we were involved, we were there, and it happened to us at the same time. It happened to many other people. And I want to talk about how some people reacted differently than others, and those people that have gone on with life, they made some different choices than others who are still stuck in the stuff that happened to them 10, 15 years ago. What is the difference between people that can recover from a very bad circumstance and those that can't? What are the differences? And how do we get through something that maybe is devastated this? Um, maybe you've been a victim of abuse at some point in your life, you know, whether it be sexual abuse or whether it be uh, verbal abuse or just plain, you know, treated wrongly or betrayed or whatever. This definitely will be a podcast that I think you should listen to for the next few weeks. And hopefully it will encourage you that you don't have to stay down for the count. I remember when we were kids, we used to watch Portland Wrestling. Now it's become the Worldwide Federation, you know, wrestling, whatever. But when we were kids, we used to watch um, we used to watch Portland Wrestling on cable, and it was hilarious. I mean, they, you know, we knew that they were acting, but it was fun to watch, you know. And they would be slamming each other under the mats and doing all this stuff, and they would put them down on the ground, and their shoulders would have to be square with the mat, and then the referee would count, and if they were down for over ten. If they can pin them, or was it three? I can't remember. Anyway, um, if they were down for a certain amount of time, down for the count, then that person was, you know, that person was defeated, and then the guy that held him down was the victor. And sometimes in life, it seems like we've been, we're down for the count. We're not going to get back up. We've been defeated, and there's no way out, and we just have to accept the defeat and and lay on the mat and be embarrassed and humiliated. I'm here to tell you that that's not true. You don't have to stay down for the count, especially if you have, you know, ventured out into life and you you ask the Lord or God to be that number one spot in your life, that number one thing in your life. I'm telling you, you don't have to stay down for the count. Some of the most inspiring moments in the Rocky movies when you watch boxing is when the person looks like they're down for the count. But all of a sudden, life trickles back in. They get up and they win. And I'm telling you, you can be that person. Just like me, you don't have to stay down for the count. You can get back up and life can come back and you can you can enjoy life. In fact, you can enjoy it better because you have compassion and you understand what it's like to go through rough stuff. So even right now, have I picked your interest? Are you interested in what I'm going to talk about? Because it's, really, it's a really sad story, but at the same time, you can see how you know, you'd learn how to get through these things. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about my story. I call it the pastor of disaster. And uh, I think you are going to uh, get a lot out of this story. Hopefully you will. But at first, I'm going to have to tell some pretty hard stuff. And it, it may be get a little kind of crazy and scary. And, and you know, you might go, gosh, I don't know if this is a, you don't know if this is a very uplifting and encouraging. But I guarantee you by the next, in the next two programs, you'll be encouraged and you'll be you know you'll be lifted up and helped because uh, we'll talk about some ways to avoid some of the things that we ran into and we'll talk about how to keep a good attitude in the midst of going through a trial how to keep a good attitude and and come out winning not losing so i just want to brief you for that so here we go let me share with you something that happened to Amy and I many years ago now and we've had a few instances like instances like this over our lifetime as we've been married 
Uh, we would never want to do them again, but for some reason or another, and I think I know why, uh, we have been in these situations to learn and to grow. And uh, let me tell you about what happened to us. Amy and I had been married for a couple of years. Oh, I'd say, yeah, about two years. And we had been going to a smaller church um, together and enjoying the uh, folks there. But we, there was, I don't know, that we, we were really hungry for more. We wanted more teaching, and we wanted to um, reach out and do concerts and stuff. I was in a Christian rock band and wanted to play and preach and do a bunch of stuff like that. So we found uh, we were going through somewhere. I think we were going to go play a concert at a, at a local theater. So we had gone down and talked with it. Well, the theater happened to be owned now by a church. And I met the pastor, and, and I was talking with him, and I thought he was the maintenance guy. I went in and was talking with him, and he you know, said that he was the pastor. And I said, oh, okay. So we started uh, talking to him a little bit, and we really liked him and his wife. They were pretty cool people. And uh, Amy and I decided to make a change and go um, to that church. Now, we, you know, we've been going to a, a smaller church for about a year and a half or so. And so we were, we were making a big change. And so we went to this church, and we started attending. It was a big, huge theater. Only a few people were going at the time, but we really liked the teaching. There was a lot of, um, a lot of Bible teaching and a lot of uh, cool people there. So we we really enjoyed it, and we started learning a lot. As time went on, we began to be involved a lot in outreach ministry, and of course, I would do concerts, and we would go down to the Union Gospel Mission, and I would preach and play music and talk with the homeless, and really got into that type of ministry and enjoyed it quite a bit. And we, you know, we did a lot of work on the church. It was an older theater, so we did a lot of work in the church and, you know, restoring the theater and doing a lot of things like that. And we became part of the ministry team or the team of people that helped out at the church and all under the instructions of this particular pastor. We became friends. Uh, we would meet quite a bit together and, and talk about the different goals that the church had and what we were going to do and so on and so forth. And as time went on, we, we really enjoyed the the church. It was great. Uh, a good five years went by, and things were going pretty well. The church had grown. It was over 150 people, or about 150 people, uh, you know, and we were with it when there was only like 20, so it was kind of cool. So it had grown, and there was quite a few people coming now, and we were enjoying that quite a bit. I was on the worship team, played piano, did a lot of things like that. And then something happened that would forever change our lives. It, it actually... Uh, was probably one of the toughest things that we have ever experienced, Amy and I, as a couple, as a family. It was very, it was devastating, and um, this is what happened. I was I was the manager of a Christian radio station here in Aberdeen, uh, or actually in Hoquiam, but it was in the the Grace Harbor area, and I was uh, I had the morning shift, and I would spend a lot of time. Uh, prepping my show and you know playing music and stuff like that on the Christian radio station, and uh, one morning uh, it happened to be um, a friend of mine's uh, a special occasion in a friend of mine's life, so I picked up the phone and I called her on the phone to wish her um, this happy special occasion, and when I did, um, I just got a sense that there was something wrong, and I I asked her I said what's going on. And she didn't want to answer me. And so finally I said, look, it, I'm going to pray and ask God to tell me, and then I'm going to tell you what he told me. And uh, she goes, well, you go ahead and do that. It was just kind of cold. I thought, uh-oh, something's wrong. And I'm, you know, I'm not the most, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer or anything, but I could tell something was going on that wasn't good. 
So I um, I bowed my head, just kind of kind of enjoy and jest and asked God to tell me what was going on. And I actually got I got some words in my head, and I thought that's kind of weird because that doesn't always happen with me, you know. And uh, I I spoke them back to her on the phone, and uh, they were the words. Um, uh, he held me too long, and uh, and the word kiss. And as soon as I said that, the phone I heard the phone drop, and this person began to wail and to cry, and um, and then told me that it was this particular man's name. And I said, "What are you talking about?" Because there's a lot of people named this this man's name. Anyway, found out that it was the pastor that I was serving with at the church that had um, apparently been. Uh, close to this lady, and she was married. So that was not good. Now, I didn't have any occasion to think that this lady was lying to me at all. Um, She'd never lied to me before. I trusted her as a friend, and I just sat there stunned that that there could be something going on that I didn't know about, uh, especially in this particular situation. You know, pastors, let me just say, just for the record, pastors should not be kissing anybody but their own wife. And if you're a lady pastor, you should only be kissing your husband. So I'm just saying that. I knew something was wrong. So I uh, I hung up the phone after talking with her for quite some time. And I just I felt like somebody had kicked me in the stomach because I knew that this was going to be bigger than than I wanted to handle. I did not know what was ahead for us. So I went into my office and I just sat there stunned. And then I got on the phone and I called. Um, I was one of the elders at the church. I called another elder at the church. There was two of us, and I said we need to talk. So I got with him and I said what it, what I had heard and and who I'd talked to a firsthand account. And he said, "Well, let's go ahead and go down and talk with this pastor and find out, you know, what's going on. Let's see what he says because you're not supposed. The Bible is very clear. It says you're not supposed to entertain." an accusation against an elder without some witnesses. Uh, and so we we thought, well, let's go talk to him and find out if he if he even knows what's going on or what's his explanation of this. So we went down to the church, and uh, it happened to be, of all days, it happened to be Halloween, and uh, the pastor was getting ready to show like a movie that night with on the projector and everything, and he was at the church. So we said, hey, can we talk to you for a minute? He said, sure. So we went into his office and sat down, and I told him, I said, listen, I got a call from someone today, uh, or I I called someone today, and I was talking with them, and they confessed to me uh, that um, you kissed them. And he looked at me, and he looked at the other elder, and he goes, huh. And I'm telling you, I was thinking, what's what's he going to say? And he, he looked at us, he just said, huh. And then he then something came out of his mouth that I'll never forget and I I just knew we were in for a very bumpy and hard ride after this. He said, "Really, who would that be that called you?" Now, <laughs> I'm not stupid. <laughs> and if somebody asked me that question, um I would have to think that wait a minute, if he doesn't know who called me or or the who I called, there's got to be more than just one person that he's doing this with because, um, you know, he would know who that is, obviously, if this was the only one. So I knew right away, oh, my gosh, this is more than just one person that he's done this with, and it's not going to be good. Well, anyway, he denied it completely, said he'd never done anything like that. He would never do anything like that. Um, 
went on and on and on to say, you know, like he couldn't believe that we were even confronting him about it, blah, 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 blah. So the other elder looked at me and said, well, let's just, uh, let's just go. I guess we'll have to believe him. And, and I just knew in my gut, there was just something churning inside of me that said, no, you need to, you need to ask him what's going on. So I said, no, sit down. We need to talk some more. Finally, after, oh, I'd say an hour and a half of just being, you know, just really asking a lot of questions, we began to see a pattern of something that was going on. And finally, he, he wanted us to call this person and, because this person, you know, anyway, he wanted, uh, he wanted to know who it was really bad. And I, re- I started to realize that there had to have been a whole lot more people because if he didn't know who it was, it was going to be a mess. And, and anyway, finally, he admitted that, um, that he had uh, kissed a person. Now, he wouldn't say who it was, but he admitted that he had. And we, of course, said, well, you know, you can't, you can't do that. You're married. You know, you can't do that. Um, this is not cool. You know, why did you let this happen? What, you know, give us the circumstances. He never really opened up and shared a whole lot with us, other than he got really upset with us and mad and really wanted to, um, he really wanted, he threatened us with a lot of different things. Notice that, you know, when people get backed up against a wall and they've done something that they shouldn't have, then their integrity is in question and they don't want to admit to you what they've done. They'll come up with all sorts of things. So he started attacking us and saying we were making things up and, all, you know, it just got, it got really bad really fast. Well, anyway, um, I didn't really know what to do other than I needed to get a hold of um, some f- folks that uh, the church that he had come out of because he had come up to our area from another church. He wasn't an outreach from the church, but there was people down there that had worked with him before. So I got on the phone and I called uh, these folks and I got a hold of them and told them the, what was going on. And of course, by that time, they had gotten a phone call from the pastor and he had said that we were making these things up and it was a lie and all this stuff. Well, anyway, long story short, I knew something bad had happened. And I, I remember going home and feeling like I'd been punched in the stomach and, and worse, like kicked between the legs. I mean, that's that's how bad it hurt to think of somebody. This is a guy that we really trusted. We loved him. We loved him and his wife. We served in the same church together. We did a lot of outreach programs together. You know, these were people that we respected and we listened to. Them. I mean, the guy got up and spoke to us, you know, an hour every week or, or a couple times a week. And we listened to him and we were, you know, listening to his teachings and different things like that. So this was really, really hard. It, I think it's hard any time that you trust somebody and you find out that they're maybe not what you thought they were. They might have been an illusion. Maybe they're living a different lifestyle you didn't know about. Well, I got home, and the only thing I wanted to do was just fall on the couch and curl up in a ball and sleep because I didn't know how to deal with this. I was devastated. And, of course, even more so to have him attack us and tell everybody that we were the ones that were coming up with the accusations. And that we that they weren't valid, and that we were the ones that were out of line, and on and so on and so forth. Pulled that whole card of I'm I'm superior, and I'm I'm your authority, and you should never question me, kind of thing. And you know that's just a bunch of crud. I mean, I could I could use worse terms, but really, you know, when you have somebody that does that, that's just a bunch of junk. You know, if you have to enforce your authority, you don't really have it, or tell people that you're an authority, you really don't have authority. And this guy, he was, you know, we found out later a lot of things. Well, anyway. The um, the pastor of the church down in California that um, that he had come out of flew up to this area, met with us, got down and 
to the bottom of everything. We did investigation. We checked the, the counseling situation. Well, long story short, it wasn't just one person that he had kissed. He had been, actually, he'd been in adultery with over seven women. Yeah, he, his counseling appointments weren't counseling appointments. Let's just put it that way. And this was, it came out, it was horrible. It was horrible. There was a bunch of things going on that we didn't know anything about. He had um, methodically gone through and, and had meetings with ladies that were married, and some that weren't. Uh, it was it was just a real mess. And one by one, the ladies began to come forward and confess what had happened. And the whole thing unraveled. And, of course, he was removed from you know, his position. Wow. Uh, it was not just devastating. It was, it was mind numbing. It was, it was horrible, especially when, you know, we had to have a big meeting with the whole church and have everybody come out and he had to confess what he had done. And even during that, he was, he was all messed up. He, he didn't even get through his whole speech. He was supposed to read a prepared statement. Uh, the folks that were in charge had come up and, and said, you know, here's, you know what you need to say, and don't go, don't deviate off the script. And he, of course, deviated off the script. One lady stood up in the middle of the meeting and told us we were all horrible for having him be removed, and she was one of the ladies that was having an affair with him. And it was just just a mess. And and you know he walked out. That's the last time I ever saw him. Um, the pastor, you know, when the, he was up there talking, and he started deviating off the thing, and he was saying, you. He was he was whacked out. Let me just put it that way. He got really bad. And the guy in charge just took the microphone from him and said, you know, sit down. Well, instead of sitting down, he just walked out. We never saw him again. Um, but it just devastated so many of us. And it was so hard because, again, our trust was violated. Somebody w- that was put in a position of trust had totally messed us over. I found out later. At the time, I didn't know this. I wasn't educated enough to understand what had really taken place. But I found out that what this pastor was showing signs of was sociopathic behavior. Now, you know, we hear about sociopathy or we hear about narcissism and stuff, and we think of serial killers or we think of, you know, hardened criminals. But, you know, narcissism and sociopathic behavior really have are on the rise in our country, especially in the United States. I don't probably worldwide, I would imagine. Because we become a real selfish culture. A lot of us are involved in, you know, there's a lot of greed and a lot of, you know, get to the top and where people become objects and uh, people, you know, that that have these tendencies to uh, try and control or try to abuse or try to take advantage of folks, uh, they're all over. And especially in the fields of charity work, um, in CEOs of companies. I'm not saying everyone is. I'm just I'm just saying that th- these are places where they thrive. And the reason they thrive is because there's control and power over people. And that for some reason is part of the sickness in somebody that's has sociopathic behavior or is a narcissist. Narcissism is really just very selfish behavior where the world revolves around that person. And so whatever they do, what whoever they are friends with aren't really their friends. What they're doing is not really what they're doing. There's always an underlying um, agenda. In other words, they use people to get what they want, and they'll do just about anything for those people to get what they want as long as it benefits them. So you can feel like you're being used. You can feel like somebody really likes you and loves you and wants your gifts and your talents, but really they they want to use you. They don't really care about your welfare or your well-being. They care about their own welfare and their own 
being. That's why when stuff gets rough, they can turn on you very quickly and, and get you out of their circle and blame everything on you. That's why when you're arguing with a sociopath, you'll never win because they're all, they'll, they will always be right. They'll always turn it back on you. It's called the uh, avoidance. So when you when we were sitting in that office talking to the pastor, he got he would not answer any of the questions that we had because he would just get it over onto us. And and that's a classic behavior of a narcissist. When you're trying to get to the heart of the issue with them, they'll blame everybody else and they'll they'll try to get you off track, get you upset, get you onto a different subject so that you don't actually deal with what their what their behavior has caused. I didn't know that at the time. But that's exactly what happened. Since then, I've read many, many books because we ran into the, a very similar situation, not, not with adultery, but with another behavior later on, probably 10 years later after that, uh, and we went through another experience, which I'll share sometime down the road. But at, at this point, um, we were pretty devastated, um, felt like we were punched in the stomach. Uh, it was gut-wrenching betrayal. We went through a series of of um, emotions. We wanted to deny it. We were hoping that we could just brush over it. We couldn't. Uh, We were angry because we didn't see it. We felt like fools because we thought we should have seen this coming. We should have seen the appointments. We should have understood what was going on. Um, Once we started looking at it, there were signs. There were signs that the guy, you know, uh, he was meeting with with women alone in his office, which is just not really supposed to happen. (laughs) You know, that's really not supposed to be going on. Uh, there's unless you have a big window and there's people, other people in the office, you know, then then that's different. But in this situation, you know, there was there was warning signs and we just didn't see them. We were naive. And uh, so some of the responsibility, of course, landed on us of, as far as letting things like this happen. They couldn't. Uh, it was really interesting. The police, we did take it to the police because it was an abuse of power and. A lot of people were devastated. There were some husbands that wanted to kill him, you know, I mean, seriously. Um, but they told us that unless we had, um, well, basically there was, there was a certain way to go about this, and there was nothing they could do unless the women wanted to press charges on him. And he was masterful. He basically had groomed them, and the way he had done it is very slowly worked his way into being physical with them. And uh, and he would make them be the ones that would would suggest, even though he was doing a very powerful suggestion, like a, like a cult. It was like a cult because he would he would take them and groom them. And uh, if you if you know anything about abuse, you know that the person doing the grooming has to raise the level of trust. And he does it by shaming the person, or he does it by saying nice things, uh, just just tons of different... There's techniques that people do to get someone to do what they want. And uh, he was a master at it, a very master at it. And he would go very slowly, took him months to work himself up in, into what he was doing. And then once he was doing it, um, he he figured out how to, to, to uh, work his way into several, or more than several people's lives. And it pretty much devastated many, many people's lives. It was very, very difficult to, to deal with and hard to recover from. So um, what did I learn through it? Um, I learned that not everybody that says what they are are what they are. That we The Bible says that we need to know those people that we labor among, and I think that's really important. If you're going to be and work in a ministry type of situation, you really should know the people you're working with. And you, can, you, know, you need to go in with an open mind. Do not, do not, please, understand from experience now. Don't just accept people for face value. It's not a good thing to do because you just don't know in this day and age 
what people really are unless you get to know them. You need to do, you know, you need to experience a little life with some folks to find out, you know, how do they treat their wife? Or how do they treat their husband? How do they treat their kids? You know, what is their lifestyle like? You know, are they generous or are they stingy? Are they, you know, are they know-it-alls? Do they do they quit talking long enough for you to get a word in edgewise? Or are they consumed with themselves? You know, a lot of times when we just back off a little bit and watch people for a little bit, we can discern what's really going on. I, I, I was just naive, and I think people in places of power, we just accept, well, they're a pastor, or they're a coach, or they're a teacher, or whatever, and just accept them because that's, you know, if the administration has put them in there, then I guess it's okay. You know, we think in religious circles, well, if God put them in there as the pastor, then they, they've got to be good. Well, that's not necessarily true, and I'm not trying to cause paranoia. Please understand that, but I'm also saying that some, you know, God gave us a brain, and we should use it. God gave us signs, and we should we should look at the signs, and we should be more aware of our situation. I should have been. I, th- you know, sometimes I think I sh- I could have stopped some of these things, and I could have. I don't know. I could have. You know, I th- I think sometimes I have regrets about that, and I think, wow, you know. But I have to say that um, I vowed that I would never let th- something like that happen again, and have been true to my word, because we've been involved in situations later on in life after that whole situation, uh, where I've seen red flags and I've said them. And I've not been popular as a result of it. In fact, I've been, you know, told, well, you're critical or you're this or that. But, you know, quite honestly, I don't really care because people are important to God. People are really important to God and people should not be abused and they shouldn't be hurt and power should never be used to control people. It should not happen. But it happens all the time. Well, I don't know. Do I sound like I'm whining? I hope I don't, because um, I'm going to stop here. And if you want to find out what happened, how did we go about taking steps to help the church after we went through that rough time? But more importantly, what type of steps did Amy and I take to get out of the devastation that was caused? Because we were hit really hard. It was very, very difficult. We were very disappointed, very depressed, um, devastated in our lives. Uh, we, you know, our trust was broken and we were, we were just, ugh, it was horrible. And then to be accused of things that we had never done, it was just awful. How did we overcome that? How did we get through that? And how did we get on the other side of it? That'll be next week on part two of Murphy's Law Revisited. I can tell you this, I learned a lot. I'm going to talk about um, different ways that you can uh, see that maybe there are signs of a narcissist in your life or someone in your life that may be uh, distributing or distributing? No, exhibiting signs of narcissism. We'll talk about that or or sociopathic behavior. We'll talk about that because I think in today's world we need to know. Uh, you know, the people that are around us. And how do we get through that? How do we deal with that? those type of personalities? And how can we, uh, how can we deal with, after being devastated by something, how do we get back up out of that? Let me pray. Father, I pray for everybody listening. I hope this hasn't bummed anybody out. I hope it's just uh, kind of shown them that the bad things do happen to good people, and uh, but you're still in control, God. I pray for every person that's been going through a rough time or has gone through a rough time and is having a hard time getting out of it. And I pray, God, that you would just touch their life and help them and and be with them like you were with Amy and I when we went through and when we go through hard times, Lord. You're always there for us. So uh, help us and and give us uh, strength, Lord, when we're going through tough times so that we can uh, get through them without being too damaged. 
Lord, help the, the situations and the times that we go through be things that springboard us into something better for our lives, that we learn from, that we grow from, and that we can recover from. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, there you go. Next week, part two, um, down for the count, part two. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. Uh, I'm going to be talking a lot about uh, you know signs that you can see that maybe something's haywire. And then, of course, steps to recovery from being devastated in a, in a rough situation. I hope you enjoyed the program. I will see you next week. If you get a chance, would you please uh, click on the donate button on our uh, takingwithyou.com site. We would really appreciate the help and pray for us. And we appreciate you. We love you. And never forget to take him with you. Take Him With You is a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. For more information, go to moyermultimedia.com. Copyright 2009. All rights reserved. Thank you.